Everybody and welcome back to the Morning Moxie Show. I'm Alicia Sharp, your host, and today we have Levi Lusco again, and he's talking to us with an interview on TBN about waging war and how basically the Christian life is not a playground, it's a battleground. And we all know from many years of hearing it that the battlefield is in our minds. And so we've got to choose to wage war against the person that we don't want to be, the person that tends to creep up, basically our flesh, because a lot of times what we do is we'll leave little gaps for the flesh. Oh, it's okay if I do that. And then we'll compare ourselves to somebody who isn't quite as far along as us and go, oh, it's okay if I'm this way, or it's okay if I do this one little thing over here, it's not that big a deal. But as we find out, the more of that we do, the bigger it gets and the worse it gets. And so this little tiny thing that we feel like it's just a little sin becomes a big sin. So we've got to choose to wage war against that, to wage war against the person that we don't want to be anymore and start becoming and living as if God, the way that God would have us live. Here's Levi. And so long as I'm sort of like tolerating the bad behavior in my life and, and the way I can isolate people or, you know, not manage myself well, um, it, it's going to continue to cause problems for me. But when I really decided to declare war against the version of myself that I don't want to be, the version of Levi that is worshiping the praise of people or, the, or, or is um, valuing, you know, Instagram followers or money or popularity, whatever, the version that I become when, I'm, I'm not, when I don't have my center that comes from worshiping nothing but God then leads to behavior in my life that I don't like it, but I'm, I'm sort of tolerating it. Mm-hmm. So there was a breaking moment when I just realized I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to set myself against the kind of version of me that I don't want to be. And I think all of us we, even though we don't use this language and it's shocking to go, well, I wouldn't consider myself an idolater. I wouldn't consider myself, you know, my own enemy. But the reality is all of us can be. Paul, the apostle, who wrote 13 books of the New Testament, who got to go to heaven one time just for the day, he himself said in Romans 7, I do what I don't want to do and what I want to do, that's the stuff I don't do. In fact, another translation put it this way. He said, I'm a mystery to myself. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we can all relate to that. Yeah. You know, maybe we were angry with our, our husband or we were, you know, not the kind mom. We, we all kind of wish we were the Pinterest mom. We've always got the great, you know, idea for the mm-hmm. afternoon. It's like, gosh, I yelled at my kids. I, we were late to church or we didn't go to church this week or this, that, the other. And the reality is that's because we have self-sabotaging tendencies and we get in our own way. And so for me, it was just uh, looking in the mirror and going, I'm, I'm my problem. Mm-hmm. What do you define, is there a, there may not be a simple one, but try your best. It, what's the simple version of idolatry? What's sure. the definition, simple definition? Well, it would be to, um, to identify the master passion or the controlling interest of your heart. And it can be anything and it can shift. I think it was Augustine who said that the human heart's an idol factory. Really, you know, we're capable of churning out new idols at, at an incredible rate and, and really prioritizing or valuing. Everyone has a God, even an atheist, mm-hmm. controls or is controlled or, or values something above all other things. So idolatry is 
let's let's just use the word worship because that sure. kind of identifies with a lot of the Bible. Yep. You know, so you're worshiping something, anything. Yep. And you're and declaring. It, and I think we could even define that too, because worship people are like, well, I don't raise my hands and praise my career. Worship actually is weight. The word glory in the Bible is weight. So what's most weighty to you? What's most valuable to you? You know, like when you open gifts up, you want to grab and see which heaviest, that, that's value. That's, that's exactly how it is in your heart. So what's the weightiest thing? And how do you determine weight? Time, mm. thought life, and, and really money. So what do you spend the most of your time on, most of your thought? What is it, what's the last thought you had before you went to sleep and the first thought that popped in your head when you woke up? Mm. So we're That's talking mm-hmm. about, in mm. essence, worshiping something mm-hmm. that creates behaviors exactly. that you are declaring war against that version of you. Yep. And I think uh, some of the people our age, Levi, it was on the air before you were born, but there was uh, a comedian... Uh, named Flip Wilson, <laughs> and he would sometimes do a skit uh, and preach from a church of what's happening now, sure. <laughs> and he would declare, uh, uh, the devil made me do it. Sure. So what gets this to be a complex conversation, and maybe you can simplify it for us, is there is a devil, but the Bible declares he has no power. Correct. So all he does is lie. So really you're dealing with this do you believe a lie and does that create behaviors in your life? So you're declaring war against your thoughts and your idols mm. based upon whatever they may be. That's a great way to put it, you know, because uh, the devil doesn't have to get us, doesn't have to oppose us if we're opposing ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we're saying the devil made me do it. And he's like, that was all you, bro. You know, mm-hmm. I, you, you, did, you handled that one. And the devil, of course, is a real threat and does, like you said, tell lies and he, he does have a, a desire to destroy us. But at the end of the day, the Bible says we have three enemies. The devil is one, for sure. The world around us is another, but our own insides, our own fleshly nature is the other. And that's really what I'm, what I'm directing a lot of the energy uh, at, at exposing, that so often it's our flesh on a day-to-day basis that has no power over us. The moment Christ conquered us and, and, and conquered our sin and our, our diseased hearts and created in us a new spirit, all of that that happened at salvation, at that moment, you no longer had to do what your flesh said you were supposed to do. But because our muscle memory is honed and conditioned, we spent all the years before Christ doing what our flesh told us to do. So as Christians, the, the flesh comes along and goes jump, and we say, how high, mm-hmm. thinking you know, we need to, but forgetting there's been a hostile takeover. Mm-hmm. And our flesh is sitting in the corner office with his feet up, but he has no power. He's still there until heaven, but has no control over us. So we declare war against that version of ourselves that we used to be, that is now dead and has no power over us, but because of conditioned, repeated, habit, habitual obedience, it's normal for us to do what our flesh says to do. Would it be another simplification that says, you know, your book has this militant vibe, I declare war, but it's really the battlefield is your mind. Absolutely, and that's one of the cards. So okay. the fourth card, the trump card, is like you said, idolatry, dealing with the idolatry through worship. But the first three cards, in, in the I declare war, the, the, the cards that go down on the table have to do with the thoughts that we think, the words that we speak, and the actions that we take. Mm-hmm. And that really, if we, can, if we can deal with those three areas, we'll, we'll win this war through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, a lot of people listening to this, I, I'm sure, like you, like you said, uh, are watching this going, I'm not in a war. The question is not, though, are you in a war? It's, are you winning the war? Every one of us are in a war every day. Warren Wiersbe put it this way. The Christian life is not a playground. It's a battleground. And in this battle, we wage war by the thoughts we allow in our head and the words that we speak and then the actions that we take and ultimately the God that we worship. I like to, uh, we were talking off camera that I like to kind of differentiate a, a couple of things because when, when you realize that you're declaring war on your own desires mm -hmm. <laughs> is really what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, because uh, at some point when Jesus declared, you know, after the cross, all power has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. I'm, I'm going to go with you. It's basically the paraphrase. But he, he declares that he has all power. Yeah. And so he then, in essence, the reverse question is, if Jesus has all power, how much power does the devil have? Yeah, right. So the answer to that is simple, zero. Yep. So how does anyone get anything? How does evil happen then? People believe a lie yep. and they act upon it. Sure. So we're declaring war against the thoughts that raise themselves up against the knowledge of God. Yeah, it becomes That's a, the idolatry. a stronghold, yeah. you know? Right. And if the devil can get a toehold, he'll turn it into a stronghold so then he can get a chokehold mm. on your life. And that's his agenda. And that's why we can't give him an inch. You know, I read my kids this book at bedtime, if you give a mouse a, um, a cookie. And, and the, the whole book plays out with, if you give him a cookie, he's going to want milk. If you give him a milk, he's going to want a song. If you give him a song, he's going to want... And eventually, it just becomes this massive thing. The enemy's like that. Mm -hmm. he's, he's, we, that's why we can't make small concessions with our thoughts and with little lusts. And we, we can sort of like justify, well, I'm not a murderer, or I'm no Hitler, or I'm not... At least I know someone worse than me. And that's what the enemy always wants us to do. We'll think of someone more dysfunctional than we are. Even right now, as we're talking, oh, I should change. But then the enemy goes, yeah, but your next-door neighbor is more, more worse yeah. than you are. So therefore, we're okay. Yeah. We should be comparing ourselves to Olympic athletes and CEOs and presidents and kings and, and, and then going, well, I want to keep going. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, we don't pick someone. Right. We pick someone whose yard is worse than ours. Yeah. And we go, oh, I feel good about my yard because their yard's worse than mine. We should be thinking, God, I mean, Jesus died for you to live. It's not just about dying and going to heaven one day. It's about experiencing the power of heaven on this earth. Right. And life, he said, and life to the full. So we should be longing for more life and more victory and more growth and comparing ourselves to people who are stronger and fitter and, you know, holier and, and wanting to aspire. Like Paul said, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm. When we have a goal, that goal should be someone who we, we want to strive to be like, not someone we feel okay in our bondage because they're slightly more broken than we are. There's always mm -hmm. going to be someone more dysfunctional than you. you know? That was Levi Lusco on an interview with TBN. You can find it on YouTube if you search under Levi Lusco, Why Worship is Your Spiritual Battle, Praise on TBN. You can also find out more at his website, levilusco.com. I hope you have a wonderful day today and that you know how much God loves you and that you will go live your 320 life because God loves you so much and died for you to live a 320 life. God bless you.